Welcome to the Uncommon Comedy Podcast. I am your host, Brian April. On this podcast, what we're trying to do is we're going to be discussing uh, stand-up comedy. We're going to be talking about some of the inside stuff of stand-up, the behind-the-scenes stuff. And uh, since this is always a podcast about comedy with heart, we're going to be talking a little bit about charity. Uh, I'm really excited for my guest today. Uh, he is a producer, writer, actor, comedian. Uh, if you've had television or been to a movie in the last three decades, uh, you've seen this man, you know this man. Uh, you may have seen him in movies, uh, blockbuster hits like Terminator 2, Pursuit of Happiness, and he's got a new movie called Stacks Out. Uh, if you've seen him on TV, on NBC's hit uh, show Chuck, he was Big Mike. Uh, very, very funny comedian and actor. Please welcome the very funny, the one, the only Mark Christopher Lawrence. Mark Christopher Lawrence, sir, how are you today? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you uh, holding up? Uh, first things first, how are you holding up with the old uh, quarantine? Uh, you know, every day I'm waking up with something else hurting for no good reason. <laughs> That's just getting old. That's just getting old. <laughs> you know, I think, I think it, it's probably part of me trying to sleep like a cat. Absolutely. 24, 18, 23 hours, hours a day. day. Yep. Very <laughs> nice. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I, I first met you, uh, or well, I, I met you a, a couple of times before we performed together. I remember the first show that, uh, we, we were on together. I uh, was at a, a place called Twigs, which is um, I was headlining that night. And what's cool about Twigs is they have headliners scattered throughout the lineup. It's not like a normal three-person show where it's, you know, opener, yeah. feature, headliner. And um, I had met you a couple times, a very nice guy. We talked. And then I saw you go on stage, and you went on like two before me. And that night I was like, okay, I'm going to work some new stuff and try to do that. And you went up and absolutely murdered. And I was like, I'm going to go <laughs> bring my <laughs> I saw that. It was one of the foot. I was all set. I was all ready. And you were up there killing it. And I was like, I'll be right back. I'm going to go uh, get my I game face on. That, that there was uh, these the students in the audience, a guy with two girls. And I was kind of talking to them a little bit. And some funny stuff came out. And Tony was taping. But it didn't make the tape for some reason. Oh, that's that's always the worst. Bummed. That's always the worst. It's and I always I, do. You find it for me? Uh, it's always something funny about taping a set. I should just tape every set because whenever I don't tape, it's a, a great set, and I'm like, oh, I wish I'd taped that. But then when I do film, I'm always thinking about you know, oh, make sure you don't screw this up or mess that up. Yeah. And it's always. Yeah. Every time I plan to tape, I, it, it's never good. Yeah. It's. It's always interesting. So, um, so let's uh, talk a little bit about you. Uh, give us a little bit of your background. How did you get started in comedy? What was your inspiration for for starting stand up? Well, I had a I had an English teacher that got me involved in speech and debate and acting, and uh, she connected me with a, a mentor, uh, Perry Brents, to work with me on a speech that I ended up winning the state championship with, and uh, made it to the national championships, and it was one of the two uh, people left from California in finals of the Nationals. I didn't win, but um, but the mentor that she connected with, connected me with was at USC at the time, and he produced a show called um, Evening of Soul. And um, he asked me if I want to do some comedy on Evening of Soul because he thought I was funny. And so me and my friend Lennon went to the comedy store one night and I got up and did three minutes and was funny and I didn't really have an act. I just got to talk about my day. And so, uh, so then Perry sort of helped me structure 
you know, as Lennon and I figured out how to do comedy together as a team. But then I did a couple of shows of Evening of Soul and was funny. And that's how it started. That was the beginning. I was in 11th grade. Wow. 11th grade. So you've been doing comedy uh, how long professionally, would you say, give or take? Um, well, I think I first got paid in 88. Okay, so been a while. <laughs> yeah. You, you got a few shows under that belt. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, where did you start out? So you were LA, you basically started LA, out yeah. LA? LA. Okay. And, uh, so what, um, what was that, that scene kind of like back then? I, cause I started out on the East coast. So it's a lot different than now. Now, I, you know, I feel like, uh, a lot of the younger comics are a little cutthroat with each other. You know, they get in their little clicks and, and that kind of thing. And, and when I was starting out in comedy, comics just wanted the show to be funny and they wanted you to do well. And, so all these older comics that would help you with your stuff, you know, it's like I ended up opening for a lot of people over the years and every one of them helped me get better. So you know. how do you, um, why do you think that that is that that's kind of been lost as far as that? Because it's a very cutthroat, it's a very personal uh, experience. Why do you, I don't know, why do you feel that that's kind of been gone it's away? It's parenting, it's parenting. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, it's always and, it, and, and, and people skills aren't good. It's it's always been very interesting to see like the the cutthroat side of comedy. People think it's just oh everyone's you know supportive and it's not like that. I mean it's it's nice when you get around a group of people, but uh, there's a lot of lonely nights and a lot of ego and a lot of jealousy and a lot of all that sort of stuff that that people don't uh, quite realize. Oh yeah. Um, so let me ask you this. Uh, what is probably, what was some of the best advice that they, someone gave you about comedy? Uh, Robin Harris, who was just an amazing comedian, headliner. Uh, but at the Black Comedy Act Theater in LA, he would host the show. And the show sold out every Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. And he... Uh, was the reason it sold out. People came to see him. They could care less that anybody else was on the show. You know, they came to see him because he was so funny. And he uh, had me open for him a few times because I was pretty clean. And he had me open for him uh, like in a park on a Saturday at like two o'clock. And he said to me, he says, Mark, write clean. He says, always write clean. He says, you can work anywhere. That was the best advice anybody ever gave me. Yeah, and then Bill Cosby told me to slow down. <laughs> so what was what was that like working with Bill Cosby? I mean, obviously we know now of you know Bill Cosby, well, I with, but it I worked with Bill in a movie. And I was in my trailer watching my seven-minute tape. And uh Bill and Sidney Portier walked by. Sidney Portier was directing the movie. They walked by the trailer and saw that I was watching it, and Bill stepped back and stepped up onto the steps and said, Hey. How long is it? I said, seven minutes. He says, rewind it. So I rewound the tape. He watched my whole seven minutes. And he says, it sounds like you're afraid of the silence. He says, you keep stepping on laps. He says, you just bring in the material. He says, you did like 20 minutes of material in seven minutes. He says, look, if they're not talking, they're listening. Don't be afraid of the silence. He says, don't move. Don't talk, 
after that joke has landed, wait for the laugh to subside and then go. And it changed the way I perform. Yeah, it's uh, that's something that's such great advice. Uh, if there's any comedians out there that are watching, it's don't be afraid of the silence. It's, yeah. You don't want to yeah, step not up. chattering. <laughs> right. You just want them to, you know, you want them to listen and appreciate it. And what I think what, what people don't realize, uh, what some comics don't realize, is you're training them by stepping on the laugh to not laugh. Yeah. Because they don't want to miss what's coming next. So exactly. they go, oh, I got to. I got to shut up so I can hear the next part as opposed to letting right. them enjoy it. And that will just make your set even better. Um, well, that's like, that's like in, in, in films when you're editing, you know, it's like, it's like there's this really funny moment and then you have to try to find something that's, that's not so funny after because you know, people are going to be laughing. They're going to miss that next little piece. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You have to think ahead. That's pretty, uh, I don't know too, too much about filmmaking, but yeah, that makes total sense. Now you talked about clean. Um, so you've had the choice to, to not necessarily work clean uh, throughout this whole time. What, what kept you working clean and uh, what, what are the different, uh, you know, cause everyone has a definition of clean. What is your definition of clean comedy? Um, my definition of clean comedy is, you know, will I be embarrassed if my mother heard it? You know, would it embarrass her? So, uh, if, I'm, if I'm if I'm going clean, you know, and I think of say church clean, you know, no body parts, no bad language, no innuendo. Yeah, it's it's funny because clean has um, often a, a negative connotation when someone says, "Oh, they're a clean comic." They think it's not <laughs> funny, and. I it took me two years to get into the Reno Tahoe Comedy Club after a friend of mine went there and saw the comics that he had on and said, hey, you should bring Marcus for Lawrence up here. And he goes, well, is he funny? And he goes, yeah. So he calls me up while he's at the club. And uh, I, I said to him, I said, he said, what's your act like? I said, well, I work clean. He goes, clean? Are you funny? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and people don't realize that they're they're amazing. At, like Jerry Seinfeld is clean, you know. Yeah. Uh, Jim Gaffigan is clean. Uh, Brian Regan is clean, and no one sits there and goes, "They're not. They're they're amazing. They're, they're yeah, amazing they're comics." Clean, you know. Yeah, there's so many people. I, I always just found that interesting. I mean, there's a lot of clean comics that are. are I don't necessarily call them comics. <laughs> I guess they're not yeah. funny. Red Fox was clean in the early years. If you, yeah. If you some of his early stuff. It wasn't until he got onto Laugh Records that he that, that he started going blue. Yeah, it's similar to uh, George Carlin. Carlin was very corporate and clean and all that in the beginning as well, and then he kind of switched over. Um, one of the things I love about your act is um, you incorporate uh, act outs really well, and I, I don't know if that's just because of the acting background or whatever, where some comics will just stand pretty still, just deliver the set-up punchline, and... Um, for for those who maybe not, aren't too familiar, because this is for both comics and non-comics, what is an act out, and why did you why do you like using them? What is it about that that uh, enhances your your act? You know, I it's funny. It wasn't until recently, like over the past maybe five years or so, that I actually heard the phrase act outs. Um, you know, for me, it was just as I'm doing my act, it just felt natural that if, if a character is talking, let the character talk. 
you know, if 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 a character is doing something, that then do it. It's, it's it's more show me than tell me. So add, adding a, an element of physicality in, um, just yeah, and it, it allows basically the audience to you're bringing them into that world, and they can see, you know, like you said, that character interacting, and you see them uh, live and in, in person. It just adds another dimension to it. Plus, you can uh, extend laughs so much, you know, so much more with a, a good, well, you know, act out at just some physicality or facial expression or um, there's so many subtleties in, in comedy that, that that people don't necessarily get into. Um, yeah, well, for, 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 there's a, what's, what's his name? Chris, uh, oh, I can't remember his last name right now, but he does this thing that, that I kind of picked up. He... Um, He'll be in the middle of his act, and then he'll start talking softly, and you noticeably see people lean in. And I watched him a, a whole weekend. I was up in Reno. And I watched him, and he would do it in different points of his act, and, and it felt it felt like he was doing it when he felt like the energy wasn't what he wanted it to be, and then he'd get him to lean in, and then he'd turn it on again. And it was like I was like, oh, that's brilliant. Mm, that's and really. So I find myself, you know, borrowing that. <laughs> yeah, just creating that little bit of tension, just yeah. uh, lowering the voice and getting get like you say, get people leaned in, build that tension mm -hmm. up, and then pop them. That's great. That's a that's really interesting. Uh, I haven't seen anyone do that too much uh, on a consistent basis like that. But that's really cool. Yeah, well, like like my act is stories. I'm telling stories, and and and, and the way I put it together, it's like it kind of goes up and down you know, ultimately leading to in, in a hard out. And um, and I think sometimes I bring it down on purpose to give the audience a break. Right. You know, I mean, most times they know you got to be, pat, 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 you know, give me a joke, a punchline and, and a laugh every 18, 19 seconds. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like that. I feel like I'll just tell the story. And at the end, will you remember some of the stuff that I said? Yeah. And at the end of the show, when people are coming up wanting to shake my hand because I talk about shaking hands, or they coming up saying that they had to go let out a little pee because I talk about letting out a little pee, <laughs> then I've done my job. Right. Well, and that's yeah, that. There's a that's a big contrast, especially the length of time. So if you're doing just like a a shorter set, like a, a five seven minute set somewhere, and a showcase, then yeah, you want to just go up and hit them hard. Yeah, just, and, but then if if you're doing an hour, then you want. Hour. You got to give them that chance to breathe and catch their breath, and yeah. Uh, but that's uh, a lot you don't of. Want to kill nobody, which I no. have. So <laughs> you, so you killed somebody from from comedy. Killed a dude. How did that happen? So I'm doing a show in La Jolla, and, and uh, there were four other comics on the show from San Diego, and so I was so glad other comics were there to see. It. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, about 13 minutes into my 45 minute set, the host comes up and says, hey, Mark, I'm sorry. And he takes the mic and says, is there a doctor in the house? And turns out there's four doctors in the house. One of them had ER doc in San Diego. They go to work on this guy. This guy apparently was laughing so hard that he keeled over and died. The lady sitting next to him, uh, she and I became friends afterwards. You know, she, she was like, wow, he was laughing so hard. And then he just slumped over. And, wow. uh, you know, I killed the dude. <laughs> you know, don't, don't make me, don't make me use these jokes. 
That's right. You know, with this pandemic going on, I might go into a bank. <laughs> knock, knock. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, that's a pretty interesting show. What um, This is one of everyone comics' favorite discussion because we all had them. What is the worst show that you've ever had? Oh, corporate gig about three years ago, which should have been a great gig. It was, it was, it was great money. It was in Palm Springs at the um, Merv Griffin estate. And before I went, something said to me, ask them about lighting. So the guy that booked me, I, I called him up. I said, hey, can you find out what the lighting situation is? Because it looked like, you know, from the conversation and the email was that there was going to be a show like in the backyard of this estate. And so uh, I said, oh, yeah, there's going to be lighting. There's a DJ. He's going to handle the sound, blah, 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 blah. I get there. I go through the, through the house, uh, out through the sliding glass door, and they have sort of an L-shaped table set up. There's a buffet behind one side of the L. And then the lady says to me, well, maybe you could do your act right here. And everybody could just sit here at the table. And, and so I look up, and the only lights there, and it's starting to get dark, are uh, these stringed hanging light bulbs. And I was like, um, that's not going to work. I said, I said nobody's going to be able to see my face. I said, I, I kind of depend on that. <laughs> and she goes, well, how much light do you need? She goes, well, let me talk to the, to the, to the DJ. Talk to the DJ. He's like, well, I've got some lights we can set on the floor. And just shine up like I said. <laughs> so then they set me up near the DJ. The, okay, you just do it over here. This area is lit well. And it was great lighting over there. I said, yeah, okay, this will work. And uh, the DJ was going to introduce me. And he plays a song or two. And a little while later, I just hear, okay, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a comic. <laughs> and... So they didn't they didn't invite anybody over to see this so there's six or eight people that had staggered over and sat down on the ground and I'm doing the show and literally kids are running through between me and the people that are sitting <laughs> and about 15 minutes in the music starts playing again and I look over and he he was like and that was it. I didn't, have to, I didn't have to do it more time. So, so the lady who who booked me, her boyfriend was there, and he was a new comic, and he he said that he told her, no, no, this is this is terrible for comedy. He he, he, said, he said this guy's a pro. Look how he's just plowing through, no matter what's going on. You you gotta let him stop. <laughs> and that was I, I drove home feeling terrible, even though I had the money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those shows where you just go, I got the check. I got the check. <laughs> yeah. You know, I used to, I used to open for Jack Marion who, who used to open for Lenny Bruce and Jack would tell me we get to a gig and he'd go, he'd look around, he'd go, just do enough time to get the money. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's hard. It's, it's hard to remain professional during that, you know, something like that. It's, oh. uh, it's so hard. You just have to sit there for me. Like when it's, it's really bad like that, I just have to go on like autopilot almost and just that's, go. That's just... exactly what happened. You know, because I, I get distracted with, with it, like kids running through. It distracts me. So it, it messes up your timing and all that. And it was, it was really terrible. It was a terrible experience. Worst show ever. 
Wow. Somebody asked me recently uh, about mine, and it actually happened to be uh, a show that uh, you know about. Um, and I said it was so bad that it doesn't even register as a bad show. Uh, it was, <laughs> uh, I think you know what I'm talking about, the airport. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. airport. And it was uh, just... There was, I think, four other comics, and it was in the food court, and it was near the international terminal. So a lot of people didn't speak English. People just getting their food in and out, and yeah. it was the only laughter that uh, anyone was getting was from the comics howling hysterically because of this train <laughs> wreck. So terrible. <laughs> There's but nothing you know funnier. I'm, I'm gonna do it again. I would too. I. I I think that's a, a great uh, place to – because people go, why would you subject yourself to that? Well, it's a, a different set of tools. You're going to have a limited crowd, certain amount of attention span. You can work on crowd yep. work. You can and, do and, – And I think I think it works better with short pop, 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 pop bits. Yep. You know, like like me, I can't get up there and tell stories. <laughs> right. And callbacks will certainly be lost on people if you have something that's later on. And Exactly. It's just – that was just a really – that was a fun – It was uh, painful. It was very painful, but it was p more painful before you got on stage because you just <laughs> anticipate it's like getting a whooping, you know? It's like, uh, as uh, our, our friend Mateen says, you're it's like coming. watching your brother get beat by your dad, knowing that your whooping's next. <laughs> so, uh, I wish there was somebody getting a whooping before me. You know, I was the one getting the whooping. That's right. Yeah, you know, my mom was like, she, she wasn't tired at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, regarding comedy is there there like a bit that uh, no matter how hard you tried you just couldn't get it to to work or is there something in your act that took a long time just a lot of massaging that just didn't work and you kept at it and kept at it well i have a bit that's that's hit or miss and it's it's um and the funny thing is it's 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 funny it's a funny bit but but I think you know I mostly do it at churches, and I think people don't know how to take it, you know, because I because I I mean the bit is this: it's like you know, women are complicated, and you've been complicated a long time. Here's how I know: the Bible says on the sixth day, Adam, you know, uh, God put Adam in a deep coma-like sleep, pulled a rib from his side, and he formed woman. God then blew the breath of life into woman, and saw that woman was good. Then God needed a break. <laughs> In fact, he started, he, he stopped creating after that. You know, so that that bit sometimes get, I mean, there's a little bit more to it, but, but sometimes it gets a huge laugh and sometimes people tighten up. Right. And I don't, I don't, I haven't figured out why. <laughs> it's almost like they, they think you're, you're, I don't know. It's. I think they're afraid of that you're going to go somewhere uh, against God or something like that. I think that's probably just that fear and that tension or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I, it is, or, 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 or against women or, or something. But I, yeah, that's a. It, it's so interesting how just little variations of words and phrases can can affect um, comedy. Now, now uh, you also uh, do a lot of acting, as we discussed. Um, what are some yeah. of the differences between uh, performing stand up, uh, doing comedy for stand up versus like comedic acting? Uh, well, it's, it's hugely different. You know, comedy for stand-up, I mean, it, it's it's your voice. You've written it. Um, you know, you have complete control over how you say, what you say, when you say. Whereas, 
with acting, it's like somebody else wrote it. So you're trying to get into uh, the rhythm of that character. Mm. And, and sometimes the character is so far from myself that it doesn't work in my rhythm. So I have to do the rhythm of the character to make the joke work. You know, and uh, you know, it's just a different way to work. I, I, completely different. Did it uh, mess with you a little bit to not have any laughter uh, coming back when you, because you, you're used to that from stand-up. So when you deliver a joke in in a TV show or whatever, or a movie. No, because when I started when I started doing uh, TV comedy, uh, it was it was in the '80s when it was it was all sitcom. There were no uh, like dramedies like on Chuck. You know, Chuck was was a quote unquote kind of dramedy, uh, and there was where there's no live audience. But but with with the sitcoms, there's live audience. So so there's on shoot days, there's always laughter. Okay. Um, do you have any fun like stories uh, like what was some, uh, from being on set with a, a movie or a TV show that uh, really sticks out in your mind? Uh I don't know. I mean, there's so many stories. That's kind of a thing where, where it's like, it's like I, I, I wish I'd have looked at your email sooner. <laughs> um, how was it? Yeah. Uh, how was it like working with Will Smith? Will was great. It's like I, I, I was supposed to work with him on, on uh, Fresh Prince, and I get there, and the character had been written out, ah. and nobody called me, and so he goes, nobody called him. <laughs> And so uh, it, it's funny because I, I, my car had broken down. I'm, you know, it's, it's like early in my career, so I took the bus to get there. So they, <laughs> so, so they got a car service to take me back home, and uh, I still get residuals from it, even though I didn't do the show because it was a guest star. Oh wow, and, that's great. That's... Yeah. And so and so then the next time I saw Will was was on uh, Pursuit of Happiness. And I walk into the the trailer for hair and makeup, and he was just down to earth. He gets up like like a lot of stars get their makeup done in their own trailer, and he just gets up and comes over, gives me a hug, and welcomes me to set. And you know, it was just really, really uh, above and beyond. Just just really a great guy to work with. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he seems like a good dude. And uh, speaking of that, uh, uh, that whole doing good and then being good people. You uh, have kind of aligned yourself with a, a foundation, a Human Growth Foundation. Um, and I was wondering if you could tell us a, a little bit about that, what it is, and how did you kind of get involved in that? Um, the Human Growth Foundation, it's, it's, it's a foundation about, uh, that, that works with kid, kids with growth disorders. And um, you know, there's a lot of endocrinologists and big pharmaceutical companies that are, are behind it about trying to find a way to help these kids. And um, I used to do a lot of stuff for uh, autism care and treatment. And the lady who would, would hire me to do that stuff called me up one day and asked me if I'd host this gala for Human Growth Foundation. So she hired me to do that. And then uh, I ended up doing, I guess this year's gala would have been my seventh year in a row, you know, doing their gala. And I do four, four shows or four events a year for them. Uh, 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 Walk for Kids Growth in New York, Walk for Kids Growth in LA, the gala, and also um, a No Say No Bullying um, uh, festival in LA. That's cool. Um, so, 
What is it? Uh, 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 what is it about um, charity that you think is? Why is it important to to find one and and get aligned and and give back to people? Well, I, I mean, for me, it's it's um, you know, I, I get to play for a living. <laughs> you know, right? And uh, you know, to be totally blessed in this way, you know, it's 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 an awesome, awesome, awesome thing, and it just makes sense to give back. It just makes sense to not be selfish. Yeah. And uh, so if people want to uh, look into the Human Growth Foundation, they can check out uh, www.hgfound.org. If they go on Facebook, it's at Human Growth Foundation. And their Instagram is at human underscore growth underscore foundation. And their Twitter is at human growth underscore FDN. And, uh, Mark, um, where where can people uh, find you? Uh, I'm going to put up your... Uh, uh, up all my social media can be found at the bottom of my website. Just go to my website, and you can get all my Twitter, Instagram, Facebook from the website, MarkChristopherLawrence.com, uh, or you can just Google me, Mark Christopher Lawrence, Google me, and everything pops up. MarkChristopherLawrence.com, uh, Facebook at MCL Actor Comedian, on Instagram at MarkChristopherLawrence. Uh, your Twitter is at Mark C-H-R Lawrence uh, and your YouTube user, uh, Mark C. Lawrence. Now, you also uh, recently started doing a cameo uh, thing. You're on Cameo, yeah. which is a, a cool yeah. thing. So if people, you know, if you have people out there who love Chuck or, you know, Pursuit of Happiness. Or anything, or Fear of a Black Hat. I've been getting a lot of requests from Fear of a Black Hat and Pursuit of Happiness and Terminator. And, so tell uh, us a little bit about Cameo. What is... Uh, so what, Cameo, what? basically, you go to Cameo, you find a celebrity or a comedian or somebody that you like and see if they're on there. And if they're on there, you can pay a fee and, you know, they do a shout out for you. And so I've been like singing birthdays and all kinds of stuff. You know, I, I had one the other day where uh, the parents had me do a birthday call for their daughter. And then they sent me a link back to it after they showed it to her on their TV and she was crying. It was so beautiful. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. That's such a, a cool thing. So so people can uh, check you out on Cameo, um, get a shout out, or they can check you out on social media. And then I guess last thing, uh, what advice do you have for, for comics uh, or, you know, um, for starting out or, or just in general? What what sort of uh, advice can you give to somebody? You know, write every day. Just just find your voice. Get on stage as much, much as possible. The more you get on stage, the better you get. That's pretty much the truth right there. So, uh, so again, you can check out Mark at uh, markchristopherlawrence.com. Uh, all the social media is there. And, again, you want to check out uh, the Human Growth Foundation. Uh, that is hgfound.org. And, uh, Mark, thank you so much for taking some time today and continued success. And we'll uh, hopefully – be done with this soon and we can all get back to getting yes. out and making people laugh in person. Thank you, B. I, I may be giving you a call to do a similar thing for uh, my, my Tuesday night comics thing. Absolutely. Would love to, you know, that goes count on me. All right, brother. All right. Thanks, man. Thank I you. appreciate you. All right. Take care.